A client hires you to rebrand their business, to build them a website, and they just let you take the lead. They listen to everything you say and all the work you show them, they just say, wow, that's amazing. Yes, I love it all. Go for it. That's the dream, right? That's what we all imagine and want when we start these businesses. Well, in order to have that relationship with your clients, you've got to be seen as the expert. You have to be seen as a trusted advisor and not just the person doing the work. But what does it really take to be seen as a professional so that the client listens to you and takes your direction and advice? You're listening to the No BS Agency Podcast. We talk strategies that can take your one to two person branding agency from $5,000 to $30,000 per month without hiring employees or working your ass off. All you have to do is cut the BS. I am Pia Silva. Being seen and hired as an expert is the holy grail. There's a lot of marketing speak about this. It's how you get paid top dollar. It's how you work with clients in a way where the project is easy, where they trust you, where they go along with your work. It's basically the opposite of what we've all experienced when we first started our businesses. I know when I started Worst of All Design with Steve, it felt like no decisions could be made, that they wouldn't listen to us at all. It wasn't that they were rude and it wasn't that they were telling us our work was bad. They just had so many opinions. They had so many questions. They had to see every iteration, any whim we had to follow. They had to ask everyone they knew what they thought of our work and then come back with a bunch of different ideas so that we could play with those ideas too. If you've ever been in a project that never ended because the client kept having requests and kept making edits and tweaks and kept bringing in new people with new opinions to throw a wrench in your design project, if you've ever been through that, then you know what it's like to work with a client who doesn't see you as that trusted advisor. And again, it doesn't mean that they don't like you. It doesn't mean that they don't think that you're good at what you do. They can think you're a great designer. When I think back to our worst projects. And when I think back to the projects that took the longest and were the biggest headache, those people loved us. We were practically friends by the end because we spent so much time with them. But they didn't trust us and they didn't see us as an authority. They didn't hire us as an expert and so they didn't treat us like an expert. These days, when I'm closing a prospect, I know that they're hiring me as that expert and then I make it perfectly clear on the call. I tell them, especially prospects who are curious, how it works, that we could have them approve all of this work on their brand and their website in just a couple of days. I tell those people, well, people hire me as an expert. They hire me to tell them what their brand should be because I know what I'm doing and they don't. And they want me to tell them what it should be. They want me to tell them what it should look like. They want me to tell them what pages there should be and what the call to action should be because they don't know. And I do because I've been doing this for a long time right? And I can say that confidently because I believe it. If you're hiring me to do this, it's because you don't know how to do it. And I do. So you should hire me and then let me lead. And I tell that to clients and some clients say, oh gosh, no, I need more time. I need to think about this. And I don't like the idea of having to make decisions on the spot. And I say, absolutely. You know yourself and you should go work with someone else. Because the clients that I tell that to 
who sigh and give a sigh of relief, those are my clients, the ones who say, oh, thank God. (laughs) Yes, please show me what this should be. I have no idea. I don't have much of an opinion because this is not my area of expertise. I am a speaker, right? I talk about neuro-linguistic programming. I don't know the first thing about marketing and branding and messaging and all of that. And I don't want to be asked to lead the way. I want to hire someone to show me. So that's the difference between when I started and now. But what did it take to get from there to here? Well, it's a couple of things. We'll start with the most obvious ones. These are the ones that are the hardest to get. I have a lot of social proof. I wrote a book called Badass Your Brand that a lot of people who hire me have read. A book that people like and that makes them think is a great way to build expertise and be seen as a professional. It's a big reason why I wrote the book, because I knew that if I had a book, people would listen to me. Steve laughs at me about that because he remembers when he asked me, why are you writing this book? I said, I just want people to listen to me and I want them to believe what I'm saying. And I'm so sick of trying to convince our clients that what I'm showing them is the right move. And if I have a book, I think they'll believe me. And sure enough, I was right. Having a book really helps. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not a quick thing to do, but it does add to your credibility and professional I also have written for Forbes in the past, and I have quite a few logos on my sites. You know, I've been on MSNBC. I've given talks at big places like Goldman Sachs and Squarespace headquarters and all kinds of places. So I've got some street cred there. I've got some social proof there. Other people have wanted to hear what I have to say. I've also been on a lot of podcasts, podcasts that people have heard of, podcasts like Entrepreneur on Fire. So all of these things have given me social proof, which also make me feel like more of a trusted expert. Now, like I said, that's probably the the farthest path because that takes time. But I'll also tell you that none of that is luck. That's really just a clearly laid out path that I followed. So while it might take time and definitely some sweat equity, all of those things you can do. People always ask me how I got my Forbes column. And while it might sound like luck, it wasn't really. I had a friend who wrote for Forbes and she had been writing for Forbes for years. She actually wrote about us once, like years before I got my column. And at some point her publisher or her, whoever, her contact there asked her if I, she knew anybody who could write about small business branding. And then she reached out to me and she said, of course I thought of you because I had been writing a blog about small business branding for two years and she had been reading it. Is that luck? I actually knew four other people that wrote for Forbes at that time. And I knew her for for those two years that she had been writing for Forbes. It wasn't luck. It was that I had been writing about this topic for years. So I was the obvious choice for her. And it was basically a shoo-in. Once she introduced me, he read my blog and he said, awesome, you're in. So that is something that while I had a connection, that connection actually didn't mean anything unless I had done the legwork. And the same thing is true for writing the book or being on podcasts. You can't be on podcasts if you aren't out there creating content and giving podcasts a reason to host you. A lot of those podcasts I was on, I went on because of my book launch. I wrote that book by myself. I self-published that book. These are all things that you can do. In fact, they're all the third part of No BS Agency Mastery. It's called building your authority machine. Building your authority machine so that people 
see you as a trusted expert and can get to know how you think and what you think and your approach to your work, creating content and coming up with your own point of view through the act of building content is an amazing way to be seen as an expert. But again, that is the long game and that's not something that can happen overnight. I wanted to start with that because that's almost the most obvious way to be seen as an expert. Another way to be seen as a trusted expert is to have a really solid process. Forget all of the social proof and the content. Having a clear process that you can follow that doesn't feel cookie cutter, it doesn't feel like clients are going into a box, but it does feel like you've done this before, that results won't vary that much, right? You know how they say results may vary. Like the outcome is going to look different because every project is custom. But if you follow a process that has proven to deliver results over and over and over again, that builds trust. That shows you are an expert. The only way to do this is to repeatedly work with the same kinds of clients. You need to do your process over and over again to work out the kinks and make it yours. We teach the process that we built over years inside Mastery for this very reason, because it takes a long time to build a great process. And I found the best way to do it is just to do work with clients over and over again and tweak and hone that process after every single project. So what we do inside Mastery is we basically say, okay, look, let's skip you ahead five years and let me just teach you our process exactly. And let me not just teach you the step-by-step way that we do it so you can copy it and make it yours, but let me tell you why we do all of those steps so that you can tweak them and adjust them to your projects. That's important because I would never want someone to just copy my process blindly. Actually, that wouldn't even work. (laughs) I think it's really important that you understand why all the steps are the way they are because then you can really own them yourself and that's how you make a process yours. You do it first and you do it yourself over and over again and then you find the places where you need to adjust it for yourself or where it would feel more comfortable this way. Um, For example, I give all of our scripts and our templates. I give scripts for emails. I give scripts for how you talk, like how you talk to your client at every step. But I don't expect people to read it verbatim. I expect them to read it verbatim and then to infuse it with their own personality. So having a process without any social proof goes a long way. But you have to have that process because that process is going to be, your confidence in that process, I should say, is going to be communicated to your prospects only when you have it. You can't fake this. You have to actually do it. And then I think the third way to be seen as a trusted expert, and this is before you even have a process or any social proof, is just in the way that you find and close your clients. Now, I talked about this a little bit last week. You know, I talk about this all the time, actually, because this is why our lead product method is so impactful and so powerful and why the fit call that I teach inside Mastery works so well, especially for creatives who hate selling. The fit call is the opposite of a sales call, or at least what most people think of as a sales call, because it is not about selling. It's not about trying to convince the client to close. It's about listening. It's about asking really good questions and genuinely trying to figure out if this person is a good fit for you. That's it. If you show up to a fit call with no agenda, except genuinely wanting to figure out what does this person really need? Can I actually help them? Are they actually somebody that I'm the best person to help? Or is there somebody else that should help them instead? Is what they need help with something I'm really good at? 
Am I confident in my ability to solve this problem? If those are the questions that are on your mind when you get on a fit call with a client, you will be perceived as an expert because novices get on phone calls and try to convince and sell because novices think that the way to close a client is to puff up your chest and tell everybody how good you are. It's like when you start out, you don't know what you don't know. So instead, you think that you have to show off and prove yourself. It makes complete sense and we all do it. But if you want to move into the realm of being seen as an expert, one of the simplest and easiest ways to do it is to stop selling and to start listening and to start being curious about people's problems and seeing if you really can solve it or not. It takes the sale off the table, but it also puts you in this position uh, as somebody who is looking for the right fit clients that you can actually help and not looking to make a buck off of whoever got on the phone call with you. Experts don't want to work with people that they can't help. It's a waste of their time. They don't want to get into an engagement with somebody who is not going to be helped by their work because they don't, they know how messy that is. They don't want to work with someone that they can't get results for because that doesn't benefit them. What they want to do is work with people that are a great fit for them because they know that they will be able to deliver at their highest value. And the way that people who are experts who feel that way about their work show up is inquisitive. They show up with a little bit of a a barrier to entry, right? You can't just hire me. (laughs) I, I want to work with you only if I can help you. Now, there may be a little bit of a fake it till you make it in that one, especially if you do feel like, okay, but I need work right now. And I get that. So I am not expecting you to, you know, show up tomorrow after listening to this podcast and just put on your expert hat and say, oh, I don't need business at all. And I'm just going to ask people questions. And if they're not a good fit, I'm just going to say, no, no, no. I wouldn't expect you to make that like complete 180. But what I can say is that if you even just tweak your conversations to start to look for people who are great fits, instead of trying to convince people who don't value what you do, that they should. And if you start to make that change. And if you ask more questions and follow-up questions about the challenges your clients have or your prospects have when they come to you, they will start to see you as more of an expert. They will trust you more. They'll trust you more because they'll start to feel like you don't have an agenda of trying to sell them. Your agenda is trying to see if you can help them. And that's what we all want from the people that we hire. We want to believe that they genuinely want to help us. Being seen as an expert is part of building an OBS agency because it's how you are able to sell at higher prices and it's how you're able to deliver projects in shorter amounts of time and get the client to buy in and follow your lead, the entire project, so that you aren't doing this back and forth for months and months and months. It's all reliant on you being able to show up as that professional expert and being seen as that from your clients. And it's not something you can do overnight. I'll be honest with you, this is not like you learn a couple of things and poof, now you're an expert. Being seen as an expert takes time, but it's also something that you will never finish. You will always be building your expertise. You will always be building your value and perception. So don't worry about getting there. Just enjoy the journey and worry about working on it every day. It's what we do inside No BS Agency Mastery. I would love to help you build your perceived and real expertise and value in the world. If that's something you'd like to do, go to nobsagencies.com backslash apply, book a call with my team, and let's see if now is the time for you to embrace this journey of being seen as an expert because you are becoming one. That's all I've got for you today. I will talk to you next week. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll be back next week with more no BS tips for your agency so you can find more profit, ease, and freedom. The No BS Agency podcast is produced by Yellow House Media. Coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Sean and Tara McMullen. Our theme music is Knock 'em Down by The Shrugs. <laughs>